Are you struggling with overwhelm? Are you an entrepreneur that is now building your business? You want to launch something. You have something you want to get done, but hey, there's so much on your plate already. Well, this episode is for you. Today on the show, we have Beju Solanki, who's an amazing entrepreneur and business coach for other entrepreneurs that are dealing with struggle, with overwhelm, with getting their stuff done and not sure why they're not getting results. Beju is amazing. He has the methodology in place and he's going to talk to you about the three games. Uh, we talked about the inner game, the game plan and the outer game um, and, and a lot of other amazing concepts of how you can level up and make sure that you execute on your dreams. So everybody enjoyed this episode with Beju Solanki. And by the way, just saying, we have a scorecard inside, um, something that will really help you get a grasp on where you are. So hang on in there and uh, wait until you hear how you can also access that. Everybody enjoy this episode. everybody, what's up? Welcome to the Commit First Podcast. We have a new episode for you, and today we have uh, Beiju on the show. So, Beiju, what's up, man? Hey, man. How you doing? You well? All good, man. How about yourself? Fantastic, fantastic. Great how we made a connection on this new thing called Clubhouse. Yeah, <laughs> man. You're you're exploding on Clubhouse, man. You're, you're giving so much value. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I'm exploding. You know, I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. There's other people, obviously, you know, got massive <laughs> followings and all the rest of it. But I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really great to be connected with you. Yeah, man. I mean, I, every every platform that you that every room that I came into and you were there, kind of like I know there's value. It's kind of like Beiju is now a trademark of value in a room, kind of. Oh, insane. wow, that's great. So, oh, thanks for that. Appreciate that. Yeah, man, definitely. Um, and I really enjoyed everything you were talking about. And I, I said, I got to have you on the podcast. So um, um, today I have so much to talk to you about, um, but I think we can start with something. You know what? Let's start with the background right now of, um, of, of your story. Yeah. Let's talk about your story for a second. Let's try to keep sure. it as short as we can, but okay. your backstory. Um, back how do you get to doing what you're doing right now? Well, backstory, I'm not a traditional entrepreneur. I wasn't selling sweets in the back background. Traditional Indian family, <laughs> had to be a doctor, dentist, and all the rest of it. Uh, and I went into, probably wanted to study, well, I didn't want to, but I studied uh, maths, maths and computing at university. But within six months of that, just bored, and I was in the library, mm. and I picked up this book. First book I read, and it was a book on body language. I thought, wow, this is fascinating. And within that moment, I said, right, I want to do psychology. So nice. I transferred to do a psychology degree. So I ended up doing a psychology degree. My first job was a psychology lecturer. Loved it. Did that for nice. four years. But I wanted to be a sports psychologist. So hmm. I did a master's in sports psychology. Why did you want to be a sport? Because I love sport and I love psychology. Okay. I was never good. At, I, was, I was an average <laughs> sportsman. I wasn't elite. I thought, mm -hmm. how can I, if I be a sports psychologist, I can be in that world. I can be around elite <laughs> yeah. sports people, travel the right. world, blah, blah, blah. Right. So I, um, so while I was teaching at a, uh, a college, I took a master's, a part-time master's. And I got to the point where I finished the master's, but I had to do my dissertation. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I didn't have enough capacity to finish it while teaching. So I thought, let me leave the job. Let me get a, a, a sales job that doesn't require brain power, yeah. then I can finish my master's. And that's what I did. I got this sales job and uh, you know what sales is like. If you don't yeah. sell, you don't, you're not going right. to be in the job for long. Right. Anyway, I was in the job for about four or five months. I finished my dissertation and I thought, right, it was Christmas time, November. I thought, right, I'm going to leave at Christmas. And literally two weeks before Christmas, I got a big deal, right? Yeah. I got a big deal 
and I earned more in one week than I did in the previous three months. <laughs> wow. So I thought, wow, this is good. I said, you know what? I'm going to stay for a little bit. I'll stay for a little bit. And then maybe when it goes pear-shaped, I leave. Yeah. I ended up being there nine years. Wow. Travel around the world. I was, and the great thing about it, I wasn't selling like widgets. It was selling marketing campaigns for universities. So I was still in the mm. academic world. Got it. So I never gave up on sports psychology. I just didn't. I just, the job consumed, I had a young family, good money, traveling, so I thought, yeah. maybe next year, maybe next year. Yeah. Next year, never turned. And the time of my moment for being a sports psychologist was gone. Yeah. But then, um, but throughout the years, I thought, I want to run my own business. And then in 2006, I closed a big deal in New York, massive deal. And I thought, why don't I feel great? You know, I've right. earned a lot of money. When I told the company, they said, oh, well done, take a week off, blah, blah, blah. And then I thought, I don't feel great. Well, I've just earned like telephone numbers. I'm, I'm in New York. I've got a great family. Why don't I, I feel empty? And I realized, you know what? The last four or five years, I've been thinking about doing my own thing and you find excuses. You know, I'm not ready. Right. You know, it's not the right time. There's a recession coming yeah. and whatever it is, right? And I realized that I just need to make myself a bit more financially secure. So if I do leave and I start my business, at least I've got a bit of a cushion. So I did that. I did a bit of property. And within a year of that meeting, I left and started my business. And I haven't looked back. It's fantastic. Wow. wow. <laughs> the crazy right. story. So, I mean, there's there's one courageous decision, right? There's a moment of decision. And then there's that execution that comes later right what yeah. what was your what was what were you thinking when you made that decision were you like scared well i i i said what's the what the one reason like i said that was stopping me leaving my job is that there wasn't enough money in the bank that i could survive and i in my head i worked out what i needed to survive for six months mm -hmm. i worked that out and i thought right how do i get that money and i did property and october 14th 2007 my solicitor phoned me and said right i had a couple of properties to sell that i bought and he goes one of the deals went through and the figure i had in my head uh was now in my bank account nice. so now i had no yeah. longer any more excuses mm -hmm. and that's the thing about people who don't make a decision you can say okay what's the thing that needs to be available to you that you no longer have an excuse not to make a, a tr an action yeah so i set myself up whereby it doesn't matter how scared i was the one thing that's stopping me is that amount in my bank now that amount was in my bank, what other excuse I had not to leave? Got it. It was more about, oh, I'm not, I feel scared or I'm not good enough or rest of it. Hang yeah. on. You're never going to feel ready. You're never going to feel completely not scared. Yeah. You've got to take, you've got to have some courage. Right. You know? So literally I, when that phone come call, I put the phone down. <laughs> I had a letter already written and I went into right. handing my nice. letter. And the, and the director, he goes, he sort of knew I wanted to leave. And he said, it was like November. He goes, look, why don't you just wait till after Christmas? There's bonuses here. You could do this. You could do that. Just keep your head down. I said, no, no, no. Then it'll be Easter. Hmm. Then it'll be summer. Yeah. So when you, people think that people want to, don't take action because they don't say, what are the criteria that need to be in place for me to take any action? And okay. then they change their own goalposts. Yeah. I didn't, I'd create a goalpost. Once it appeared, I walked through. Yeah, I think also any, anything that we do that is kind of like a big decision is kind of the chance, it, it, you know, and fear comes with it. And I, you had it kind of like in yourself to tell yourself that and kind of coach yourself on 
uh, well, you're not going to be perfect anyways. Like, and, and you're not going to be, you know, so what do you have to lose? Kind of, you had that mentality. Um, I guess a lot of people don't have that. And that's kind of like what you do today as well, right? You're, I do, you're I helping do. people. They, with what they do is they come up with a, a load of, uh, a load of truths. No, they, they come up with a load of assumptions that are disguised as truths. Right. And right. it's actually opinion. Yeah. And their opinion are based on their own story. They said, oh, well, you don't understand. I can't take, I can't leave this job because of X, Y, Z. I said, well, how, have you investigated X, Y, Z? <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, sort of. And they haven't. And X could be, um, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not ready to start a business. I need money. Mm -hmm. How much do you think I need? Oh, I need 100K. Tell me about the business. Okay, well, that business, someone else started and they had no money. Yeah. I need to, I need to know what product to sell. Well, who are you going to sell it to? Well, people who need it. Well, why don't you why don't you find the people who need it first and then build it? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. There's always a way. That's, yeah, because they haven't I, they haven't asked things. the right questions. Yeah. So that's what I do now. My my main work is working with entrepreneurs who've 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 made the jump, but they didn't they just they come up with story and stuff. So probably right. you've heard me on Clubhouse where I cut to the chase. I try yeah. and get rid of the story. <laughs> What's the thing here? Yeah. What's the thing that you want? And that sort yeah. of that sort of molds my methodology and what I do. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Um, I think people are like my my methodology, which I found in a way to push me out of any situation where I might have beliefs or assumptions or anything like that. I just commit first. So this is the name of the show as well. So it's like I commit first, I carry out later, and I know that whatever bridge I need to cross later, I find a way to cross it. You know, I, I maybe I don't know where it comes from even, but like just. You know, it's something that it's kind of like in my nature to say, it's but good, I think people focus too much on the how, because when right. you commit first, the how will work out. Right. And yeah. often the how is not what you thought it will be. Right. You know, you launch this podcast and if I give you a template of how to launch a podcast and then you hang on, I did those things, but I didn't do that. I did that, but I didn't do that. I just committed. I'm going to launch a podcast. Yeah. Right. What do I do? I need a microphone. Okay, great. Let's get a microphone. What <laughs> do I do now? Oh, I want to talk to someone. Okay. Who's going to talk to me? Let's, let's, let's have a chat. Yeah, definitely. And then you work out the how thereafter. Yeah, definitely. I, I love that. And um, and so now getting like moving forward, um, what you're doing today, I'm just jumping really fastly forward. What you're doing today is you're helping entrepreneurs and you're helping entrepreneurs that are struggling, that are overwhelmed, that are, um, can, you, can you tell a bit about the people that you're working with? What is their state of mind at the moment? Because I guess well, I a lot think, of people on the show, that's why I'm asking. Yeah, I think life is a game. Yeah. Right. Think about any game. What game do you like? What sport do you like? Um, I do martial arts mostly. Martial arts, right? What specific one? Which one do you do? Um, Muay Thai. Muay Thai, right? Is the rules of Muay Thai different to karate? Yeah, a bit, but not so much. Not so much, but there's a slight difference. Yep. So, if someone, if you you if you practice Muay Thai with karate rules, would you be as efficient? Mm, probably not. No. So when you play a game, you need to know the rules, right? Now you could be a rebel and break the rules. So I discovered in not only my own journey, but working with other people that business and life is a game. So if it's a game, you need to understand the rules, mm -hmm. right? And there's free yeah. games. There's free games that play at any given time. That's the inner game, the stuff that's going in your head, yep. right? The emotions, your thoughts, you're constantly, as soon as you wake up, you're thinking, you're, you're have, you have emotions which are fluid all the time, right? right? You're thinking all the time. 
And if those emotions and that inner game isn't in a place where it's serving you, it's going to control you. If right. it controls you, you're going to be pulled to pillar and post. So the first game I talk about is the inner game. Mm-hmm. And then I talk about, okay, it's all very well having the inner game, but then there's the, th- the second game is the game plan. It's the strategy. Mm-hmm. It's the strategy you need to execute. So you launched a podcast. Now, you didn't know how, but then you tried a little bit, but then you, you, then you use different methodologies. And you, as the more you did it, the more you, the more refined you got. Yeah. But what you did is the third game, the outer game, is taking action. But the key about this: most people in the world take action. What most people don't do is be consistent and persistent in their actions. Right. That's why sure. they're foul. Yeah. So a lot of the work that I do with people is, what's in their way is understanding which of those three games is the one that's holding them back. Is it because of their mindset? Is it because they haven't got the right strategy? Or is it because they're inconsistent with their actions? Mm-hmm. And what you find is a combination of three. However, what I've also find, it's not the same order for everybody. Some people need to have the great mindset for them to take action. Some people just need to take action in order for them to have a great mindset. Hey. Some people need to have a great strategy for them to be a peace of mind for themselves. Mm-hmm. So when I work- domino effect. Say that again? I mean, it's a domino effect. It's sometimes. a domino effect. Yeah. So when I work with entrepreneurs, I say, "Are you have you the business and the life you want? If the answer is no, right, what's in the way? They might think, oh, do you know what? I need to create a better strategy, okay? Mm. Or no, I need to be more consistent in my actions. And then I've got a little test, a little sort of a, a tool that I use. Mm. I said, well, just answer this tool. And what you find is, yeah, they're inconsistent in their actions. They're inconsistent not because they haven't got a great diary or they don't follow to do this is because there's something going on in their head yeah that means they they self-sabotage they're not good enough they're self-sabotage they suffer from imposter syndrome yeah. so they don't take the consistent actions because they think i found this on the web oh sorry they don't take the consistent actions because there's a conversation in the head that's not serving them yeah so sometimes they think to deal with a problem here i've got to deal head on actually you might have to deal it over there mm-hmm. So when I work with entrepreneurs, the first thing I do is not assume where they think the problem is, is that the problem's there. It's not always the case. Got it. And that tool that you were mentioning is a scorecard, right? Yeah, the change your game scorecard. Got it. So yeah, I just want to plug that in because um, I know you have that scorecard and it's pretty awesome. So it's um, changeyourgamescorecard.com everybody. Correct. And I'm yeah, going to yeah, link yeah, it in yeah. the show notes, um, but you can just get in there and, and you know, use it, you know, it's, it's Absolutely, a tool. Yeah. Go and you, take your happens, assessment. It will measure how strong your game is in each of the free games. Yeah. You'll get a re- little report right. and then it will give you a percentage score and then it will give you tips that if your game isn't as strong as it could be, it gives you some tips to, um, uh, to improve that game. Yeah. And what you find is it's a fluid thing. It's not like you take it once, you, you improve once, and then it's a fluid thing all the time. You know, some people, mm-hmm. you know, we know that some people have a really strong mindset and they take great action. But I'll give you a classic example with me, right? When mm-hmm. I started my business is I went networking a lot. My mindset was very strong. I was very confident in terms of what I wanted to do. And I was very clear about how I could help people. And I took a lot of action. And then when I looked at my business probably four or five years in, um, it was uh, it was um, generating good revenue. It was, it was, I had good clients. However, there was no strategy. There was no system, right? Because I was focused on making, taking lots of action and making sure that I was confident in what I did, but yeah. I had no game plan. Mm-hmm. 
And five years in, I said, hang on, if I don't have a game plan here, I can't grow the business like I want it. I can't bring other team members in. Yeah. And then sort of five years in, I started to say, okay, I need a game plan. And what, what, I, what I found myself doing, I was focused too much on the game plan that I wasn't taking action. Uh-huh. So the business started yeah. to go down. I thought, hey, this is not right. And then when you go to different seminars, you go to Tony Robbins, he talks to you about the inner game. Then you go to a business event, he talks to you about strategy. And then you go to another event. So no one was talking about all three. Mm-hmm. So when I walk with right. entrepreneurs, is I don't hide behind the woo, what we might call woo-woo stuff. I, yeah. I'm a psychologist. I talk about the woo-woo stuff yeah. that people think is woo-woo. The thing about coaching and the so-called intangible things is when it's done really well, it's proper hardcore. Mm-hmm. It's proper hardcore. How many people do you know, Tegi, that if they did a bit of self-discovery, self-investigation, they would have a better life, but they refuse to... Sure. Yeah, and the reason I don't sure. go there is because they don't want to open up a Pandora's box. They, they they realize one or two things. One, wow, I could be really, really better than I could be, and but they've settled. Mm-hmm. They've settled for a very calm, peaceful, ordinary life. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that, but you can't have that and then complain about other people who are achieving great things. Yeah, right. You can't right. have your cake and eat it. Right. And most people know or they intellectually get that unless they're willing to push through their comfort zones, they're not going to get what they want. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about myself as well. I think like the main thing that I was struggling with is in a way mindset. And um, through that mindset, I was like, okay, then I also needed the game plan in order to transform my business and actually get revenue in. So obviously I need the game plan game plan and uh, then taking action. So taking action and um, um, and kind of like, you know, just massive action towards what I needed consistently. And I think it all makes sense. So we have those three pillars, the inner game, and we have the game plan and we have the outer game. It's very similar to by the way, what I um, also kind of teach my, my people, which is kind of like, uh, I call it the, um, the stack method, the, the card stack method. And I say, along your your career, you collect different cards, which you can play. You can play a better hand when you have more cards. And there's different stacks that you should have. And one is called the outer, the external stacks. And there's like external stacks are um, professionality, always improve that, networking, selling, and content creation. That way you build your stacks, your external stack. And there's the inner stack, which is mindfulness, mental toughness, and like all the other like internal uh, improving your mindset um, and and that's the internal stack and then when I have people go like also when I teach them how to start it's like build your vision let's build your vision first where do you want to be in six months and I know it's very something like similar to what you do as well where you have people like say hey where do you want to be let's see where you want to be right and and how you can build the plan to that can you take us a bit into the detail of what you do there in, in that area in terms of how how you work with people like and like what is like this one specific exercise that you do with people in order to help them build their vision so i i go for i use the a model called the be do have model i don't know if you come across it so most people when they do have when you wake up when you um, grow up in the world right Mm -hmm. is most people are asked what do you want what do you want right and they say yeah i want i'm gonna be rich i want a great relationship i want a car i want holidays i want this right and when you think about what you want, the brain immediately goes to, well, what do you need to do? Mm. In order for you to want X, what do you need to do, which is Y? So I want to be a doctor, you need to go to medical school. 
I want to um, I want to uh, be rich. All right, you've got one of three ways. You can get a high-paying job, you can win the lottery, or you can run a business. Yeah. yeah. I want to be in a great relationship. You need to go dating. Now, let me ask you this, right, Segi? If I gave you, if I said, right, who's the best podcast in the world? Let's say, I don't know, Joe Rogan, right? Joe Rogan, yeah, right? right? Right. I said, right, Joe Rogan's going to create a manual about how to create the most most successful podcast. He's got a manual. I give you that manual. If you copy that manual, are you guaranteed to get the same success as him? No. No. So you know that. So, But we live in a world where everybody wants to Google the how. Yeah, right. Right, they're googling. Yeah. How do I do this? How do I rich? How right. do I start a business? How do I? Yeah. So, thinking if you give me the instruction manual, I will be successful. But you've just demonstrated. I could give you the instruction manual that shows you the perfect way to create the best podcast, and you know you're not guaranteed the results. Right. So, what happens? Humans oscillate between what do I need? To, what do I want? What do I need to do? What do I want? What I need to do? Mm -hmm. And they never ever get to be happy, be successful, be whatever. Yeah. So we live from the point of view of what I want. To what I do, so I can be happy, and I live that way. Yeah. So I say, well, let's take, let's flip it the other way. Let's start with who you want to be. Mm -hmm. Who do you want to be as an individual? Who do you want to be in terms of that represents your vision? Right. I want to be someone who's an inspirational podcaster. Mm -hmm. I want to be someone who's a who's a coach that allows people to create the best lives of themselves. Right. Whatever it is. Think of the Olympic athlete. Right. Is they the Olympics happen for one in four years. So the only time they get their prize is in four years' time, mm -hmm. right? But right. every day, if they have to focus on what they want, they're never going to be successful. So all they've got to be is, who do I need to decide to be? I need to be someone who wakes up early, who does the training, eats the right food, gets sleep, and rinse and repeat that for four years. Yeah. Right? Right. So when he's at the starting line on the race, he can stand there, he or she can stand there and say, right, I now cannot control the outcome i just have to execute mm -hmm. if i come first great if i come second i can live with myself because i made sure i was i was the person i wanted to be throughout these years yeah right same in business is now you don't have to attach yourself to the result mm -hmm. now this is the great thing right is when you come from the place of who you want to be the actions you need to take look exactly the same as the actions you need to take when you're coming from a place of what do i want but the other, but this way you're not attached to the outcome, because if yeah. you're coming from a place where what I want, if you don't get what you want, you think, oh, I need to change it, right? Oh, I need to change the want. Whereas right. I'm, this is who I want to be. So I, it's my responsibility now to turn up every day, to give value every day, to make sure my business operates in a way that my clients get the best service, gets the best product. So your, so for you, Sagi, is you have to commit to, regardless of whether someone listens to the podcast or not you will record a podcast. Yeah. That's your duty. Right. You get it. Yeah. You're not you're not you're not going to say, well, I'm going to do Beige's podcast or unless I get a thousand downloads, I'm not going to record the next one." Yeah. Right? Right. Right? You're just going to put it out there. Yeah. Right? And put systems and processes around your business to ensure you get rewarded accordingly, but you don't attach yourself to the outcome. So right. that's what I do when I work with business owners in terms of their vision, is your vision could be needs to be your vision of what you want to create irrespective or whether you get a result or not. Love it. I, I, it, it's so much connecting to also again another methodology that I bring, I bring in, uh, which is exactly like 100% the way I'm thinking. And I learned this on my own flesh when 2019 I had a big crash in my business, and um, I tried to launch something completely flopped, 
I had a goal of losing all my design clients before I launched that thing. And so I lost all my clients. And then I only had a few like kind of like mastermind clients. I was finishing the mastermind as well. And then I um, launched this thing and completely flopped. So for like two months, I was barely bringing in revenue, but the expenses were so high. I got in to the red, like big time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I don't even know how to get my, like what to monetize on right now. Like, what do I do? And, um, and I felt so bad. And then um, I decided, okay, I'm going to launch a program for freelancers here in Israel. And uh, my coach back then, Mark Bonas, he said to me, he told me like, listen, man, like launch this thing, go at it 100%, but just detach yourself from the results. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how can I detach myself from the results? I just launched something completely flopped. I have zero confidence in myself right now to launch another thing. What if this flops? Um, I'm, I'm totally in the red right now. That, like, this is all I got. And he, and, and he was like, dude, you gotta detach yourself from the results. And I did, you know, and, and um, I learned the lesson. Uh, the, the program really succeeded. I rebuilt my business and, and, and it was a great I, I year. Use an, I use an acronym with my clients called NATO, N-O-T-O, NATO, mm-hmm. means not attached to outcome. Nice. So everything they do nice. each day, they don't attach themselves to the outcome. You're aware of the outcome. You adjust according to the way in terms of, you know, what you need to create, but you mm-hmm. don't say, oh, because that didn't happen, I'm going to change right. everything. Right. I, I love that. I love that. Um, there's... I don't actually have the graph here. Oh, no, I know. Yeah, but anyway, there's like this thing where you say, what, what, do, what do results come from? They come from actions, right? And what do actions come from? They come from uh, aspirations, right? And, what, and basically, now that you, you have results, after the results, what do you get? You get self-esteem. But, and then we understand from that connection that self-esteem connects back to your ambitions. So okay. if you say, I have high ambitions, I operate on high massive actions, I get high results, and then I get can, can get massive confidence back, which yeah. pours back into my ambitions. So yeah. we learn from that, that all people in the world are either on a graph up or on a graph down, like on their way up or down. But then we have the ones that are on their way up, great entrepreneurs succeeding, and they have great ambitions, they take massive action, but then COVID comes or something, and then they flop, right? Yeah. And then yeah. so the results don't come, even though they had high ambitions and high actions, the results down. So all the confidence flopped as well. Exactly. And so that's exactly what you said. Detach yourself from the results. Let's pull that results piece out in short loop between the actions and the confidence. That way you drive all your actions, all your self-confidence from your own actions. And that- it's, it's about um, trusting the process. Right. You've got to trust the process that there's there's enough about you. There's enough things you put in place that you will get an outcome. And when you create an outcome, you're not attached to it, but you learn from it. Mm. so you, when you take an action one of three things will happen the outcome you want the outcome you don't want or the outcome that's unexpected mm. and you'll so if you get the outcome you want great you're gone yeah. if you don't get what you want what do you learn from that if you get a miracle something you don't expect you mean wow you've learned something new yeah and people get but you don't get attached to it you learn from it right Right. You move from it because if you're attached to it, if you do get your one, you get excited really good. If you don't get your one, oh my God, I must be rubbish. I must be a failure. <laughs> I need to change everything. Yeah. If you get miracle, you think, oh my God, what, how did that happen? Yeah, right. And it's about accepting it, but not attach, not, not attaching yourself to it. Yeah, there's, there's a whole philosophy around that as well in, in Buddhist terms. I guess you're familiar, right? I mean, the let, letting go and detachment. Yeah, um, right? exactly. You know, attachment is the... You know, when you attach yourself to anything, whether it's in a business or a personal context, it's a killer because as soon yeah. as the thing is not there, or at least 
in the form you expect, yeah. it can uh, it can be quite destructive. Yeah, yeah. And that's I mean, why a lot of relationships don't don't work. You know, we're all we're all party we're all party to that. You know, we want a, a business deal, and it doesn't come about. And then, if you don't get the result you want, if you if you're attached to it so much, it can destroy you. Yeah. Completely destroy you. And you've right. got to be, you know, we, we enter this world with nothing. We're going we're gonna to leave the world with nothing. And in between, we try and grab everything and keep it. Right. Right. And say, it's mine. It's mine. Yeah. Right. Even yeah. like children, you know, there's a, um, right. our children, our, you know, we, we, they, don't, they don't belong to us in the, in the context of a possession. Right. You know, they, they're given to us, they're gifts. Yeah. So our role is to nurture them and to create an environment so they can flourish. Yeah. Not we don't own them. We don't right. we just right. facilitate their, their caring. Up to a certain point we need to care for them. And the way we care for them throughout their lives depending on their, their requirements. When they're yeah. a baby and a child and when they're they need caring differently, love differently. When they're a teenager they need love differently. When they're an adults, they need a different kind of love from us. Yeah. So, but not to be attached, and it's a very, um, very subtle but powerful distinction. No, definitely. I, 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 um, I've been practicing Buddhism for a long time, so I'm, I'm really. When my kids were born, I was already with the mindset. It's like they're not mine. They're, you know, or their own being and consciousness, and I'm just here to nurture and and help them grow. Um, and so I really believe in that. I think it's a very interesting discussion. I just want to bring it back for a second because we're coming close to the end. Sure. I want to bring it back to, because a lot of people are listening right now, they're entrepreneurs or they want to, either they have a side project or either they want to build, um, you know, they want to build their business. There's something that you mentioned. I don't remember where I saw it. Part of the research I've done. It's like, you're talking about building influence, right? You're talking about like you're, um, you talk about social media as part of like a very strong um, part or being successful, right? And I, um, I also believe in that. I, be I believe in influence, like building influence. What is your take on building influence and how do you suggest people do that? So the difference between influencing and, and manipulating. So influence is uh, it's a, very, it's a very powerful responsibility. You know, for you to influence someone and someone be influenced by you is very powerful. So you've got to take that quite seriously. Right. And the top of the triangle of influence is value. If you're not adding value to someone's life, it's not about adding value where they feel nice. It's adding value where it contributes to them. So sometimes it's a bit of tough love. Sometimes it's being honest with them, but adding value where they feel then, oh, okay, this is this has allowed me to move the needle in my life to a better place. And the more you add value in the world, the more you can influence. Now, how is influence gained? You know, you can create celebrity influence through notoriety, through, you know, mass media. Mm -hmm. And it might be because you just happen to be a name through some reality program. Or it could be from a point of view of how you have made impact around the world. So you've got to, you know, do I have influence over people? Probably some to the extent that uh, other people have maybe not but my influence on a small small cohort is as important as someone else who has influence over a billion people i i'll tell you what man i'm just you know just right now i'm clubhouse for a second right okay yeah right. that's how we met clubhouse yeah yeah so i just want to go for a second and um 
Why is all of a sudden it's not working? It's not like it's not finding you when I'm searching your name. Did you change your profile picture? No. Oh, here we go. I my profile it. picture is different. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So seven point three k followers, right? Um, you know, that's a lot of followers on Clubhouse. I mean, I know, yeah, there's people with like 50K, 80K, whatever sometimes, but 7, 7K, that means something, right? It means you gave value to people in a very specific way. And um, I think also you, you wrote a book, you have a TEDx talk, you care about education and entrepreneurship, like educating kids about entrepreneurship. By the way, that's a whole other discussion we can have, but I'm very curious to also talk to you about that, but we don't have time. But I think one of the things that entrepreneurs struggle with is building their own brand um, and making sure people know them in a good way. And giving value is something that, right, we, we hear a lot, right? Like we need to give value, that way we can grow. But building value through the social channels is so freaking hard nowadays. And I'm, okay. I'm specifically also talking about creatives, which are most of my audience, like creatives, people that have like artwork or, or their own like products and, um, and they're shooting a post out and the algorithms kill it. Shooting another post out, algorithm, boom, kill it. Do you have a specific strategy in place or something that maybe tips to give on how to increase influence, not give up and keep on going? Is you mentioned there is that um, when you give influence is once you put value out there, it no longer belongs to you. So how it's received is not your responsibility. Mm -hmm. So your if you base your how you give influence based on feedback, and I mean every single day, whether someone's changed their life or not, if you believe in what you have and believe in your own your own uh, your own gifts, your responsibility is just turning up mm -hmm. and doing the work well and detaching from the results. Yeah, say that again. And detaching from the results, like detaching you mentioned from before. The results and right? also not be attached and not be... Um... So my goal in life, every day, I want to change one person's life in the world. What I'm not attached to is knowing who that is and when. Yeah. Because I could... Like, this podcast will go out, right? You'll, mm -hmm. you'll have X number of downloads. People will listen to this podcast that something I've said during this podcast will change their life. I will never know who they are. I may never know who they are ever yeah. and that's i'm okay with that yeah otherwise um when you uh, influence is a responsibility but also what's not your responsibility is is what other people think of you and how it's affected them it's none of your business yeah. right right no Maybe i totally okay. totally agree if 100%. you want to be in this world where you want to be an influencer part of that responsibility is being detached to how it lands to someone else yeah definitely um but there are some keys to it no i mean just for instance it's the tips you give right while you're speaking while you're giving value think about like being very practical with people and i know you're very practical like on clubhouse you say to people like you know you cut straight <laughs> to the chase um and i i think it's great and um there's there's also a thing about like so you're saying being practical um there's the tone of your voice like improvement of your energy there's all kinds of like Tips yeah, on how yeah, to I would up. I would say there's several things. One, you you got to be consistent. You got you mm -hmm. can't just turn up once. You got you got to keep showing up, omnipresent. Yeah, you've got to yeah. be able to. Now, what does authentic mean? Authentic is in the eye of the beholder, mm -hmm. right? We can say I I can say I'm authentic, but if you if what if you're if it lands with you of being mm, doesn't feel authentic, 
then that's your prerogative. It's it's a nickiness. We're not all going to like everybody. Everybody's not going to like us. So you're right, tone of voice. And are you able to really listen to someone? I ask questions on Clubhouse about someone's come with a problem. And I ask a question about a clarifying question. They come back with story. And I say, (laughs) you're not listening to the question. All I asked was X. You're telling me ABC. Yeah, right. And sometimes I'm afraid to say X because that will reveal something that cuts to the chase and they want to skirt around it. Yeah, yeah. So... So when influences, you know, it's a like I say, it's a responsibility. Oh, sorry, it's a responsibility, but it's also none of your business how it lands with someone else. You just got to keep turning up. Now, if your feedback is constantly saying it's not landing well, then obviously you need to adjust, right? Yeah. You mm-hmm. look at the masses, but um, you're right. Tone of voice, ability to listen to two ears, one voice. Also, the the knowing when to be quiet. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. Because being quiet is also important. It's very easy to be on Clubhouse, especially when you're in those rooms where there's like several mods and someone asks a question. You go, oh, uh, if I don't say nothing, I might look like I don't know what I'm talking about. No, sometimes yeah. staying quiet says a lot. Right. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So um, so let's, let's change some people's lives towards the end of the episode. Um, people that are building a business, starting out overwhelmed, what are just a few tips that you can give them right now coming out of your own journey and what you teach other than saw that is working? It's great you mentioned that because literally as we're talking about overwhelm is, um, I don't know by the time this this podcast will be out is um, I've, got, I've created a, a, a course that literally gets them from overwhelmed to overpaid, right? That's, nice. that's, the, that's the thing. Nice. So some of the tips I talk about in terms of that is um, getting them to understand, hang on, let me just, uh, let me just um, is, is understanding that what is where does overwhelm come from overwhelm comes from lack of clarity of what mm-hmm. you who you are and what you want to be so i expand the be do have thing right yeah and understanding multitasking doesn't exist it's a fallacy it's been shown that if you focus on two or three tasks at once your productivity goes down by 40% right. Right. so to avoid overwhelm is when you focus on one task stay on one task mm-hmm. get rid of distractions mm-hmm. Um, and also understanding the difference between amateur and professional behavior. So let me ask you this, Sagira. Would you yeah. say you're a professional? I would definitely say I'm not. You're not professional. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> I just you're like saying you need to be doing one thing. And I have three businesses. So I'm like, I, and yeah, I always... But yeah, but, yeah, but you, you, free business having is okay. But you're, you're, not, you're not doing all free business at one moment, are you? Well, yeah, but yeah, I, I definitely struggle with it. I'm not, so okay. I guess it's kind of like the ever going student. I always learn, right? I mean, I'm not always saying I'm, a, right. I'm, I'm not yeah. like a eight so figure entrepreneur. Would you, or would you like to say that you're a professional? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, right. So some aspects, yeah. there's a great book by Stephen Pressfield called Turning Pro, and he describes mm-hmm. professional behavior and amateur behavior. So professional behavior is you block time, you focus on one task, you become resourceful, you you have a team around you you don't get distracted and amateur behavior is you get distracted easily you don't block time you create to-do lists you try and do everything yourself and you look at your resources Mm. and you get a lot of people who might say they're professional but their behaviors are very amateurish amateur can you repeat those two lists please so um professional you block time yep you you look at the resources you have Mm -hmm. you you lean into your team and if you haven't got a team, that there's an indicator. You've got to get, you know, right. you're not good at everything. Right. Um, 
you um, you don't get distracted easily. You you actually eliminate distractions when you're yeah. amateur behavior. Is you have to do lists. You get distracted easily. You multitask. You um, you don't block time. You just sort of just go, go ahead. Go with it. Yeah. And yeah, go with it. And then you find. Then you sort of say, um, I'm not getting the results. And you come up with amateur excuses. Mm -hmm. Whereas discipline and focus can get you there. But we we give ourselves, oh, you don't understand me. I've always been like this. Okay, well, guess what? You'll always you'll always get those results then. <laughs> right, right. So I'd encourage people, have a look at the, it's a book called Turning Pro by Stephen Pressfield. It's a very short book. You could read it literally in about a couple of hours. I will definitely link to this book. Um, I love when, when people on the and, show give a recommendation. The, the other thing about um, avoiding overwhelm is understand that in every part of your business, there's low-hanging fruit. There's things that are, are are high revenue generating that are low low um, low maintenance. Mm -hmm. So speaking to existing clients, right? Yeah. Uh, speak, asking them what they want and providing them that. Yeah. And it's just really overwhelm comes from a point of view of your you have lack of clarity and you're not taking you're not taking consistent actions um, with with professional vigor. If you look mm -hmm. at an athlete is they know what their day is. They wake up, they have a training, they train for two hours, they right. eat certain foods, they train again, then they have sleep. And they rinse and repeat. Mm -hmm. they, they don't say, oh, Fridays, I'll take a day off. Yeah. Fridays, I'm going to have a drink. Well, no, right. the body doesn't work like that. There's no reason in business it should be the same. Well, I, I can say, and we, do, we won't have time to talk about it because it's um, towards the end of the episode. I know a lot of people are now having like, this inner conversation and they can say, Oh, Beju, well, I have this and this and this in my life. Um, I know I have like three kids and I'm, you know, one, one is a baby and, you know, lockdown and everything, things are going crazy. Um, and, um, I just wanted to ask one final question just about that. How do you time block? Because it's one of the main things that I know I'm struggling with at the moment. Um, because I have different treatments with one, my, one of my kids and then I have like, and I just don't have like a schedule that I can say, okay, if, you know, I can take like three hours here, three hours there. And I know they will exist next week as well. That's kind of like my game, right? My life at this well, moment. You, you managed to do this podcast in one hour, right? You've put, you've, 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 you've time blocked. Right. You've done it. You yeah. know, you have, you reach out to guests. I don't know how many podcasts you do a week. Yeah. But you, so you've blocked the, you block the time to do right. this. Right. No difference there because right. you, because you have a responsibility here and you think, okay, I, you know, I've turned up, so you've got to be available. Yeah. Your kids are always going to be there. They're always going to need you. Right. So in the context of that, you've got to say, okay, where do, where do I need to be more disciplined? Mm. Right. I guess it's just booking ahead enough of time. Yeah, it's, pl right? it's planning ahead. It's being available. Yeah. It's like, right. but, you know, you might say halfway through this, you got a call that you had to attend your kids, then great, you have to do it. It's an emergency. Yeah. But law of averages is you knew one o'clock we're going to meet here and you allocate yeah. a certain amount of time, correct? Right, correct. It happens. So you block time yeah. for this, so you know how to do it. Yeah. So it comes down to priorities. Right. Is This was important enough for us to block the time and do it. If you're not finding the time to do certain other things, you've got to ask, where's the, where's the level of importance for this task? Right. Is it as high as I think it should be? Or am I kidding myself? Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. I, I'll definitely take that with me. And I think what hits me is kind of like the, the planning enough ahead of time thing. 
I, I plan like a week, sometimes two weeks ahead, but I think I need to plan more than that ahead in terms of time blocks because I kind of know where my vision is and I need to do that. So yes. thank you. Um, yeah. yeah. One sec. Drop my headphones. Beiju, man, thank you so much for coming at the show. I want to no. refer everyone to your scorecard because I, I, I love these assessments. I love that the fact that um, people bring on assessments that can actually really give you value and show you where you are lacking. Um, so guys, please go to changeyourgamescorecard.com and you'll yep. see Beiju's scorecard. And, and I'll also link it in the show notes. And when they take the scorecard, they will get a really nice report that will show them how strong each of their games are and um, depending on their score, tips to improve the game. Got it. Awesome. So uh, we have that. And also, please, everybody, follow Beiju on socials. It's at Beiju Solanke, right? Yeah. And and at just Twitter, at, Facebook, everywhere. Yeah. So uh, Beiju is B-A-I-J-U and Solanke. So at Beiju Solanke. And if you found value in this show, I have one ask of you guys. I just take a snapshot right now and share it in your stories and tag us. Tag us on social media, um, tag at Beiju Solanke and at Sagi Schreiber. Also, you can tag at commit.first, which is the show on Instagram. Tag us. Let us know that you found value in it. DM Beiju. Let them know you found value. Um, everyone, thank you so much for being here. Thank you and so much. Beiju, man, I will have to bring you on again for education. Uh, 100%. But, Let's do that yeah. again next time. Let's do that. I appreciate Great. you, my man. All right. Okay. Bye for See now. you. Bye-bye.